your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Paralysis by analysis. That often happens when we look at a game. All week long, we have overanalyzed Sunday's playoff game between the Steelers and them Jags. But the most important matchup is Antonio Brown against Ramsey and Boye. Ramsey and Boye are two of the best cornerbacks in the league, and they are undoubtedly the best cornerback tandem in the National Football League. Ramsey made first-team All-Pro. Boye made second-team All-Pro. If those two could contain Brown... It's going to be a real tight game, and Jacksonville is going to have a chance to win. If Antonio Brown has a big day, space opens up for the secondary options, Bell can run downhill in the fourth quarter, you hope, and Pittsburgh wins easy. There's a lot of other matchups we're considering, various nuances to this game. But in terms of what's most important, that's it. That's the list. Brown against Ramsey and Boye. That's assuming A.B. is 100% and stays 100% once the game starts. If he's not or if he can't, that would really hurt the Steelers. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Now... Even though that's the most important matchup, Boye and Ramsey against Antonio Brown, because, you know, they switch off on him. One doesn't cover him mano y mano the whole game, and they get a lot of help from the safety, too. A.B., I mean, his brilliance is all the more brilliant when you consider the obstacles he faces as a relatively small wide receiver having to play in a lot of traffic. So that's the single biggest matchup, but I've got a lot of airtime to fill. And here's a couple big differences between that Week 5 game and this game on Sunday. In Week 5, Marcus Gilbert was hurt, and his replacement had an absolute nightmare, Chris Hubbard. Lev Bell had to stay in and block instead of running routes. But Gilbert is going to play on Sunday. In week five, Ryan Shazier did play, but he's out for Sunday, and his replacement, Sean Spence, is ranked dead last against the run among all inside backers in the National Football League. That's according to Pro Football Focus. Here's a real good question that I've not heard explained. How did Sean Spence jump off the unemployment line? onto the Steelers, and right onto the field ahead of Matakavich and Fort. That's odd, isn't it? Anybody heard a reason why? I certainly have not. And as Pro Football Focus confirms, I don't think Sean Spence has necessarily played very well, although I think there's a general breakdown in the middle of that Steeler defense created by Shazier's absence. As I said repeatedly, and this is no knock on Vince Williams. He is what he is, and he's mostly been pretty good, but 
since Shazier got hurt, he's had to play too many snaps and been asked to do too much. Sticking with the Steelers and them Jags, here's an interesting tweet from our buddy Andy Benoit of SI.com. Benoit tweets, one thing the Steelers might want to consider is rushing three and dropping eight into coverage. Make Bortles read more defenders, put more eyes on him to curtail the scrambling. You know, kudos to Andy Benoit because that sounds like a pretty good idea. Making Bortles think and read might actually produce more mistakes than putting him under pressure. But that's what they said about Queen and David Bowie. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. That figures. I had two calls up, and I figured, well, I'll drop a little more knowledge than go to the calls at the end of this segment. And, of course, they hung up. Damn it. I, I want to get back to the Drew McGarry article. Drew's ex of, well, he's only a dead spin a little bit now. He works for GQ. Talked about the aftermath of the Shazier injury. And let me uh, read this quote again. This is about the Steelers and the NFL deftly sidestepping the obvious horrors of Shazier's injury and turning it into a bizarre rah-rah story, unquote. Now, Shazier being at practice and interacting with his teammates, the hashtag Shaleev stuff, it is inspirational. It is heartwarming. But he's still in a wheelchair, and that was caused by football. And no offense to, like, Mark Cabali, because Mark Cabali said about the McGarry article, is it just me or is there uh, no story here? He thought the article was just a waste. Again, no knock on Cabali, but that's how a football guy would think. The guys who think football is really important. I just don't think it's very important. I think almost nothing is very important. And it is something how the NFL and the Steelers, I mean, a guy got paralyzed. And it feels more like a feel-good story than a story about a guy who got paralyzed. And I can't blame the Steelers or the NFL. They're managing their brand. They're obscuring the dangers and highlighting the positive human element of this situation. But it is amazing how fast it happened. That's what McGarry highlights. It really is amazing how fast it happened. Your thoughts, 412-333-9939. Uh, Mike Pursuta just tweeted out the Steelers' participation from practice today. Hargrave did not practice. Back issues. Burns didn't practice. Hyperextended his knee yesterday, but Artie says he's playing. Tuitt left the facility with his elbow in a sling yesterday. He didn't practice, but Tuitt told the media he's playing. Antonio Brown, who has the calf problem, was a full participant in practice for the second straight day. Thank God for that. And let me be crystal. If between now 
and game time Sunday, something happens where Antonio Brown can't play, or if he plays at like 70%, the Steelers won't win. That's simple. You go into a game with Brown out or hampered and Shazier out, you're not going to beat Jacksonville. Just not. And I still have fears that the Jags running with Fournette, old school, pound the ball, own the clock, Franco and Rocky style, it never works in today's NFL. It could work Sunday because Shazier ain't there. I am not at all dismissing that possibility. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, what up, what up? What up, man? Mark, i got to disagree a little bit with, with Shazier's injury being a product of football. If okay. You watch, if you watch him all year long, and maybe last year too, you notice he's dropping his head a lot. Yeah, I don't want to get into a uh, technique argument. Okay. He got so. paralyzed playing. No, I'm, I'm not berating you, but he got yeah. paralyzed playing football. So it is a football issue. I don't see many many paralyzations going on though. How many has there been over the over the past twenty years? Uh, too Would many. More? I don't know how many, but too many. And I know there's no way to pre- to prevent them. But but to gloss over that football did this, I mean, bro, it's a feel good story. We're rallying around the guy in the wheelchair. Isn't that a bit? If you really look at it from a human perspective and not a raw raw Steelers perspective, isn't that a little distasteful so quick? Yeah, I mean it just taking advantage of an unfortunate situation. That well, no, no, Ryan likes to be part of, of, of what's going on. But, but, but again, it's just, for me, we're ignoring what happened and rallying around it. Rallying around it's okay if you don't ignore what happened. And I feel like we largely are doing that. Me too. Let's go to John in Bloomfield. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, I was talking about something different. I was just wondering what you thought of the Post-Gazette article on Sprong being the same type of player as Phil Kessel, that we should get rid of Phil Kessel. No, that that wasn't what Jason Mackay wrote at all. He wrote that if Sprong develops, and I've said this many times, he wrote that if Sprong develops, you really don't need two guys who play that way on the same team at the same position. And he said at that point, maybe you do trade Kessel, or at least explore the possibility, because Sprong's so much cheaper. That makes sense. It wasn't like he said trading Phil was imminent. He was trying to run him out of town. He was playing the what-if game, which is the foundation of our very business. Let's go to Joe and Plum. Joe, quickly. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, hey, Mark. Uh, I was just calling to say my brother, he's a uh, doctor, and uh, he was in Cincinnati at the time whenever this all happened to Shay's ear. And the doctors all there, they all described it as just a contusion, and it's basically pinching his nerves, and that's why he can't walk. So he'll walk again. Uh, so you don't know that. Kind of you don't know story. that. You don't know that. If yeah, that, was, Let me tell you something. If they knew he would walk again, they would be saying that, writing that, trumpeting that, buying billboards to put that on there. They don't know that. Yeah, that guy really sounded like a guy whose brother was a doctor. You ain't my brother's doctor, cheating. If your brother is a doctor, you're the smart one and he's the stupid one. But families rise and fall in America every day. 412-333-9939 to the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to the guy who's going to do play-by-play on CBS for the Steelers and them Jag Sunday, Ian Eagle. 
here on 1059 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at The Fast Eddie Clark on Bomber, my favorite Motorhead song. Uh, Fast Eddie passed away yesterday at the age of 67. Uh, he was in Motorhead's classic lineup with Lemmy and uh, Filthy Animal Phil Taylor. And also in Fastway, which sounded very different than Motorhead and had a couple uh, real big hits. Some were even played on DVE. So uh, Fast Eddie Clark... R.I.P. Boy, my my musical heroes, they're dropping like flies. Uh, Lev Bell has dropped a lot of pretty good quotes uh, in the season's late going. Here's another one, quote, We understand we have a great group here. We don't know if everybody's going to be back or if we're going to be that special next year. That time we do have, we have to make it all count, unquote. First off, that's absolutely true. And as we all debate whether or not Ben will be back next year, the guy who wants out of Pittsburgh is Lev Bell. Lev Bell wants to get his 15 mil per year. He's not going to get that in Pittsburgh. He might not get that anywhere because it's not a running backs league right now. And maybe Pittsburgh will franchise him again. But the guy who wants out is Bell. Maybe it's too strong to put it like that, but Bell definitely wants paid and wherever. Uh, breaking news from earlier today, Ben's opening a restaurant on the North Shore because there obviously aren't enough restaurants on the North Shore. It's going to be called North Shore 7. Todd Haley's already been barred from the restaurant, him and his wife, for reasons too numerous to mention here. Uh, maybe Ben can put Bettis's restaurant out of business. Ben should have put his joint right next to Bettis's and named it Shoestring Tackle. Let's go to Dalton in Carn City. Dalton, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, Mark. Uh, why do you think Shazier isn't speaking up about his injury? Not saying like this shouldn't be a rah-rah moment. This is I don't think he has stuff. to. Why Why should he? Why would he? Bring awareness to the situation? Try I don't know that, that any football player has been badly hurt. I mean, what awareness should he bring to the situation? What could he say? Well... What, like, is the NFL doing anything for him? Is, like, there's any, Oh, like, I, I, I don't think Ryan Shazier is going to have to worry about, about money moving forward. But, uh, but I just think that when a guy shows up at practice in a wheelchair, the fact that he's in a friggin' wheelchair should be the news and be scary and not be a feel-good story, not, oh, it was great to see him. It was great to see him, but he's in a wheelchair. Let's go to Dave in Sarver. Dave, you're on with Double M. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if uh, Shazier is deemed that he can't play again, would this be the only year that it's even possible for him to get a ring, and would that be a great motivation? Why is that a concern? It's not really. They can give him a ring if and when they ever win a Super Bowl 
in the future. In terms of motivation, I would think motivation would be provided just by wanting to be the best team in football and win a Super Bowl. If you have to do it because a guy got hurt, then you weren't much of a professional or a competitor in the first place. Up next, the football talk continues. He's going to be doing play-by-play for the game Sunday on CBS. It's the great Iron Eagle right around the corner on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, big fan, big fan. Good show. Like the uh, entertainment. There'd be candy bars, lollipops, and the occasional nickel. DX at 105.9. Here's some breaking news. Uh, Le'Veon Bell just told ESPN that if he gets franchised again next year, he might retire or sit out the entire season. Uh, No need to worry about that now. We want to concentrate on Sunday when the Jacksonville Jaguars visit for a playoff game. So let's welcome one of the very best play-by-play men in football. He's going to call that Steeler game Sunday on CBS. It's Ian Eagle. Uh, Ian, give me the most likely scenario for a Jacksonville victory. Keep it in mind, Jacksonville did win back in Week 5. Yeah, Mark, I think obviously the fact that they have some confidence, that they have victory under their belt, there's a frame of reference to go on. And sometimes in, in this league, that, that can be half the battle if you believe Obviously, you have to go out and execute, but there has to be that general belief going into a game that you have an actual chance to win it. They're led by their defense. It's no different than it was back in Week 5. I'd say the one difference from the team that we saw back then to the team that we've seen recently, including the game last week, they haven't really run the ball that effectively. Fournette has been neutralized for the most part. It was Bortles who got it done last week. One of those plays, a complete busted play that he turned up the left sideline and and turned into a big gainer. And prior to the last few weeks, Bortles actually had found a little bit of a rhythm, but he looked tentative against Buffalo. He, He looked like a player that was told before the game by his coaching staff or by executive VP of football operations, Tom Coughlin, don't turn the ball over. Don't give the Bills a gift. They can't be that conservative. They're going to have to put up more than 10 points to win a game like this against Pittsburgh. Well, in that vein, Ian, how should the Steelers approach dealing with Bortles? Do you pressure him, or do you drop eight and force him to make a lot of reads? Yeah, if you're just looking at the blueprint and you take what happened last week against Buffalo, that, that was the Bills' game plan. It was the latter. It was force him to actually go out there and uh, try to – try to make some things happen, and they just went the other way with it. They decided we're not going to tempt fate. We'll go completely with the run game and the run game. They didn't soften up the middle. Uh, Fournette didn't have very good numbers, and for the most part, that was a standstill game. I called it on the radio, and you have to come up with creative ways and play-by-play to call (laughs) 17 punts. This was a field-position game. The Buffalo Bills still had a puncher's chance at the end of the game before the Tyrod Taylor injury, and then Peterman comes in, gives him one last gasp on a fourth down, and then after that, turns it over. I think I think the Steelers are, are still going to play their style, but they'll alter it a bit knowing that there's a quarterback right now that has to go out and prove himself before you really respect him. Now, you mentioned that Fournette has not had uh, great games recently. Can Jacksonville ride Fournette and the running game to a win that's kind of tough to do in today's NFL, Ian, even if you do have the league's best rushing attack. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, Mark. Their, their offensive line is in better shape than it had been over a long stretch of that time where Fournette was a little bit 
out of sync. They are whole finally with Robinson and Omame and Linder, who was banged up, Can and Parnell. It's a good offensive line. They've done a very solid job throughout the season. I just think that teams has, have figured them out a bit. And the fact of the matter is, Fournette, as physically gifted as he is, he's 22 years old, he is a stud, he is a workhorse, he is physical, and he's got the whole package. He's got speed, he's powerful, he can be a punishing runner. I don't care who you are, when you're now playing in what turns out to be his 15th game of the season, he missed a few games, one because of suspension, coupled because of injury, uh, you're going to be tested physically. And I think there has been a, a little bit of that for Fournette, where uh, his body is being pushed to the limits, and it's just not something that he's experienced before. That's a tall order to ask a rookie running back to take on this responsibility and win on the road in Pittsburgh in a pressure environment in the playoffs. How will Jacksonville match up on Antonio Brown? Because if they contain Brown, that gives them a decent chance, and they got the cornerbacks to try, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Mark, that's their strength. Really, if you watch them, you cannot walk away uh, not being impressed by what they've got in that secondary. Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye have both been locked down corners. Most teams just hope for one. And if you get two, which Jacksonville has this year, Ramsey's got the better reputation. He may be the best corner in football right now. Boyer has not given up a touchdown this season. They spent big money on him, five years, $67.5 million, and they made the right choice. He has been a perfect fit for them. And they've got playmakers at every level. Uh, Campbell's had an all-pro season. Linebackers, Telvin Smith is really fast. Miles Jack seems to be improving with, with each game that he plays, including last week where he was a difference maker. My sense is Jalen Ramsey will get the assignment on Brown, and they'll just ask him to do the, the job. And that's a, a, a big ask because Brown, who we assume now is ready for this kind of activity and just all the indications off of his own videos during the off week and what we're hearing out of Steelers camp is that he should be good to go and there should not be any restrictions. So to me, that's your primetime matchup. Ben Roethlisberger tossed five picks against Jacksonville in week five. What should Ben have learned from that game? And did he force the ball a, a lot that day? I know the Jags made some plays, but yeah. he made some ill-advised throws, didn't he, Ian? He did. He did, especially the last one, no doubt about it. Two pick sixes in that game. That, that just snowballed on them. That's one of those games I know it's easy to say it was an anomaly, and when you have a rematch, it's, it's just natural to bring it up. You, you can't avoid it. And if you're the Steelers, they're trying to deal with it head-on. Roethlisberger made the statement, this is the team that he wanted to play. Jacksonville has made the statement back, well, you're going to get what you asked for. And that's all great theater, and it's a terrific narrative. The reality is, I think Pittsburgh is a different team than the one we saw in Week 5. They obviously ripped off eight wins in a row after that. They won 10 of 11 to end the year. The offense that I saw over the last seven games of the season that was the offense I expected to see throughout the 2017 season. It took a little while, but the prolific nature finally came about. This is the number one scoring offense over the last seven weeks of the season, 31.3 points per game. To me, considering what Jacksonville did last week, considering the fact that their quarterback is questioning himself a bit, uh, this this is highly favorable to Pittsburgh. You put up 24, 27 points. Odds are 
you're going to win this game, and you're going to win it comfortably. We're talking to Ian Eagle. He'll be doing play-by-play on CBS for this Sunday's game between the Steelers and Jacksonville. Um, Marcus Gilbert didn't play in Week 5, but he will on yep. Sunday. Ryan Shazier did play in Week 5, but tragically will not on Sunday. How do those developments affect Pittsburgh? A uh, big part on the offensive side, uh, I think uh, the Gilbert injury, which, look, I don't look at numbers only, but you have to respect the numbers. With him in there, they haven't lost a game. And that's not to say he's the, the magic elixir for everything, but there is a certain chemistry with that group. And that offensive line, while they may not have gotten the same headlines over the last couple of years that Dallas and Oakland received, they should be in that conversation. That's how good they are. And great teachers as well. You know, throw Munchak uh, into that equation because of what Alejandro Villanueva has become. That doesn't come out of thin air. Any team in the NFL could have had Alejandro Villanueva. Nobody saw him the way that the Steelers did and imagined what he could be. Uh, that's, that's one of the great stories and tales in the NFL right now. On the defensive side, look, there's no doubt. When you take the heart and soul of a defense away, it's going to affect you, no matter how good you are in the other spots. They're asking Sean Spence to just do his job. They're not asking him to do the things that Ryan Shazier did. Shazier, special player, special human being, so well-respected in that locker room. I do think him being around has been a positive for this team. He is a positive person and you can sense that vibe around this team the fact of the matter is it's it's now a bit of a susceptible area and teams will look to take advantage of it clearly it's going to be a topic of conversation if this team advances to the afc championship in a game that we all expect to see pittsburgh and new england that's an area where the patriots if that's the matchup will look to take advantage of and they tend to have a, a a good positive percentage rate of taking advantage of those kinds of situations. Well, let's expand that conversation to the whole Pittsburgh defense, Ian. Uh, besides the front three, what does that defense really have right now? Yeah, uh, without Shazier, it, it's not quite the same. I think There's like a big of, negative trickle-down, I think, because he's not in there. Yeah, I think so. I don't want to look at the numbers and say, well, you've got to respect number five overall, number seven in points allowed. His absence plays a large role now the rest of the way. Can they make up for it in spots? Yes. In a game like this, absolutely. Because uh, the way that Jacksonville plays, Pittsburgh can load up and make some personnel decisions that they may not be able to have the same luxury against a team like New England or in the Super Bowl a team like New Orleans that is a two-way threat. I think when you're playing a Jacksonville and the fact that uh, they are so reliant on that run game, the Steelers can come in with a game plan and their personnel will get them through it. My concerns would be deeper in the postseason when you start taking on balanced teams like the ones they'll probably see down the road. Uh, I, before we let you go, I want to talk about each team's attitude coming into this game. Uh, Pittsburgh often plays downward underdogs level, but week five and that loss to Jacksonville, boy, that's kind of a blessing in disguise right now, isn't it? I agree with you. I think if these two teams had not played this year and there was just rhetoric and there was no actual footage and film to look at, maybe then that would be a completely different set of circumstances. The fact that they did play them, Mark, I think that is perfect fodder for Mike Tomlin. 
and a way in which to motivate his team. Uh, I think Tomlin's a tremendous motivator to begin with, but when you have a little added incentive of what happened earlier this season, the fact they didn't just lose the game. That was their most embarrassing loss of the year. That was their most embarrassing loss in a long time. So with that said, I think it works to Pittsburgh's advantage in a way more than Jacksonville. I know that on the surface you'd say, well, the Jaguars now have a little cockiness. They feel like they can play with this team. It might be misguided just because of the fact that, to me, it was it was not the norm. That is not a repeat performance that I would expect from Roethlisberger and from the rest of that team. I agree, but playoff games are always crazy, aren't they? Uh, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh should win, but I honestly can't draw a real bead on this game. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that troubles me with Pittsburgh a little bit is just the, the roller coaster ride and the soap opera effect that's taken place this year. And well, you heard what Lev Bell just said. He's going to yeah. retire or sit out next year if he gets franchised again. I'm not sure now is the time to say that. Right, Mark tossed that into the mix, and it starts really with Bell's holdout. That that was the initial storyline that was dominating when he finally joined the team on the franchise tag. He wasn't happy about it, but his teammates were thrilled to have him and knew that he would ball out. You know, you toss in the national anthem, you toss in Antonio Brown's antics on the sideline in Baltimore, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's comments, although I thought they were sarcastic after the Jacksonville game. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Shazier injury, suspension to Smith-Schuster, uh, the fake spike against uh, New England that didn't work, James Harrison getting cut. That feels like a decade's worth of drama. And this was just this season. So I know that New England has been able to handle that stuff over the years, and they seem to thrive on it, and it emboldens them. Not every team can navigate their way through that kind of chatter. I think the Steelers are up to it. You asked about attitude. I think they've got the right attitude, at at least for this week, the divisional round. All of these things are going to pop up again as more media members get closer to this matchup and to the Steelers advancing in the playoffs. So, uh, it might be enough to get through this round. The questions will still pop up in the next round. I knew the best. I always appreciate your expertise. Enjoy the game, and here's a tip. Vance McDonald, tight end. Big game for him Sunday. You watch. I like it. I'm going to put it on my notes, Mark. Always <laughs> great talking to you, buddy. I am great stuff. Enjoy the game. Up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Virginia's Mark Madden. You're kidding me. That's ridiculous. You know what? I'm going to skip right to my original thought and just say, this is stupid, you're stupid, thanks for calling. The X at 105.9. I'm giving away another $1,000 at the top of the hour. So stay tuned. Right now it's time to talk to Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, Lev Bell told ESPN, and his timing is just for excrement. <laughs> He told ESPN if he gets franchised again next year, he's prepared to retire or sit out the whole season. I can understand his frustration. Why would he say that now? Unbelievable at this point. You know what? Maybe somebody should teach him how to hesitate, 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 think about what he's going to say, and then burst through like his running style before he does stuff like this. Unbelievable. It has to be marked that he needs to get himself fired up for something. I can't think of any other reason to say that now. Yeah, uh, just amazing. I don't think it affects the Steelers' preparation or attitude or inspires the Jaguars. It's just a, a dumb thing to say. And do you really believe he would sit out next year when the franchise tag would pay him 14.5 mil? He's rapped about how he wants to get 
15 mil a season, I would think 14.5 would be close enough. Absolutely, especially with his injury history, Mark, and with his age, um, especially at his position, running back. You can't afford to waste a year like that, a big money year like that. There's no way he sits out next year. I don't care what he raps about. Which new flavor of Diet Coke most interests you, Bob? Feisty cherry, ginger lime, twisted mango, or zesty blood orange? I got to say the feisty cherry. Well, I'm a cherry cola fan in general, as we all That's know. That's the only one that sounds appetizing. We, we all know uh, my love for uh, caffeine-free, diet-right, pure zero right. cherry. But uh, zesty blood orange, like I said earlier, it sounds like something you drink during a satanic ritual. So I am interested. Uh, what's your take on the GQ article by Drew McGarry? Uh, the NFL and the Steelers turned Ryan Shazier's injury into a feel-good story almost as soon as he was paralyzed. I know that Steelers fans and NFL fans and people who like the feel-good aspect of Shazier showing up at practice to inspire the boys, they won't like that story, but I thought it was very well written and, and right on the money. What say you? Yeah, for his, for what he needs to do, absolutely. The Steelers, Ryan Shazier, Shazier's family, and even you know people here in Pittsburgh, It looks it's kind of like their story is to help Ryan get through this, to help the team get through this. Um, you know, to to put the good news out there, and you yeah, can't and I dwell. get it, but we've forgotten he got paralyzed playing football. No, you're right, and that's Drew's job. Drew's job is to look at the story from a different angle, to come up with maybe something an important story like that that nobody's talking about. And I understand why he wrote it. I thought it was a good piece. Um, I'm going to choose to look at the other side of it, though. For right now, Ryan's a feel-good guy. Ryan is a positive guy. Ryan needs positivity around him. I'm sure he's aware of the article. I'm sure that he's going to, you know, he's going to go to the stories that are looking at the good being done out of this and his progress towards hopefully uh, getting better. Yeah, and we all wanted to get better and hopefully walk again, if not play football. But uh, again, football always talks about wanting to make itself safer, but then everything bad that happens, we just just slide right under the rug and that won't help things get better. Right now. It's time to win a thousand bucks. That's right, a chance for you to win a thousand dollar bribe from 1059 the X. Just keep listening right now. Then text the keyword and you could win a thousand dollars from 1059 the X. In just 30 seconds, I'm gonna talk about a guy who didn't do much the last time the Steelers played them Jags. And might not do much on Sunday when the Steelers again play them Jags. 105.9 X.